so glad you ought to be here. Finally, some beautiful weather. You know, everybody can come out now. The weather was terrible the other day. I thought we almost had to build a, a boat, you know, get all the critters on board, you know, and, and yeah, and build us another ark, you know, and, and sell some tickets, you know. Everyone want to come on board, five bucks, you know. We can make money and save lives at the same time, so great thing. Oh, yeah. You know, mom and mom was sweeping the church earlier. And I said, oh, you're sweeping up holy dust, huh? She was, she was sweeping up, you know, like Moses, you know, and he said, this is holy ground. And God said to Moses, this is holy ground. So I said, hey, it's holy dust. So, <laughs> so hey, that's how you got to do it. So, all right. <laughs> well, you know, I had, a, I was like, I had a plans to preach something else. I got tons of things I was thinking about. But the other day I was listening to a few sermons and God was kind of like telling me this is the direction we should go. You know, I am just amazed or complexed or puzzled sometimes how a lot of people like to ask the question. I don't know if y'all get questions like that, but a lot of people ask questions. How can like an old Bible, an old book that was written thousands of years ago, how can this book in our modern day and age, how it can compare to my life today? And, you know, there's a lot of people like, you know, how can a man 2,000 years ago kind of question, you know, how he could die for me or how can a man long ago can save me or solve my problems but you know you'd be surprised how the book really does penetrate through your life you know if you really take the time to read it and really study it how it does come down to your level even it was written long ago and far away it still is in your life it can you know compare to your life today so we're going to talk about walking through the storm so I encourage you, I'm going to read the text, and then I'm going to explain everything to you after read the text. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. You see, I'm getting better. I said chapter, then I said verse. So I'm getting better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, so I am getting better. And when you're there, just please let me know. Say amen, present something. Uh, uh, verse 22. Uh, chapter 14, verse 22. All right. All right. While, I, while I, you're there, I'm a, you're there? Okay, you're there? Sweet. Awesome. Or if you're not, y'all can just listen, and then y'all can go home and read it later, whatever. Whatever y'all want to do, it's fine. But, um... I'm going to talk about this today because, you know, I don't know why I'm preaching this message to you. all I mean, you know, we shouldn't talk about life. You know, you all got it all together. I mean, you know, wife's always happy. You know, you got full of money in your bank account. You know, you know, you got no troubles, no bills. I don't know why I'm preaching to you all. I mean, you all got it all figured out. So, I mean, I don't know why I'm wasting my time preaching this sermon. But, you know, I preach it anyway, you know. So, <laughs> you know, there's a few lessons we're going to learn today. We're going to take it step by step, and I don't know how long I'm going to be yet or what, so we'll see how it goes, wherever the Lord leads, but we're going to take it step by step, and you know, learning this, I actually learned some things myself. You know, some people think preachers and teachers, we got it all figured out. We got it all together, or we, you know, or you've been in church for years, or, you know, you know, you, people think you got it all together. You know, you know enough, you know, not to be prideful on them, you know enough to get by, or you know enough, you do know things, but you're always learning. So putting the sermon together, I learned a lot, really, 
And when you take time and you chew on things, you know, and you learn, you take your time on it, you'd be surprised how much you can learn. So um, we're going to go to uh, verse 22, and I'm going to read, and then I'll explain the text after. It says, And straight away Jesus continued his disciples to get onto a ship and go before him onto the other side. While he, saw them, he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was in the midst of the sea and tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. 20, uh, 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. 27. But straight away Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter said unto him, Lord, if it would be you, bid me to come on you on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. 30. But when he saw the wind progress, and he was afraid, and began to sink, and he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O you of little faith, therefore did you doubt. And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they were in the ship, came and worshipped him, saying, of a, of a truth, you are the Son of God. Now, I'm going to explain the text a little bit. As I learned this week, it was pretty amazing how you study and how God reveals a lot of things to you. Now, we're going to go a little back before this incident, because you notice it says straight away, Jesus continued his disciples into the ship, and he sent the multitudes away. What happened was before this event happened, there was a multitude that followed Jesus, and they were hungry. Well, he ministered to them all day long. He, he, loved, he preached the love of God to them. He healed their sick. The, it was a big crowd, and they had nothing to feed them. So Jesus said, well, what do you have? And they said, well, there was a, ma- a boy there. He had five loaves and two fishes. So Jesus multiplied it, and he fed the whole crowd. So at this, a great miracle took place here, but now it was time for Jesus. He ministered to the people. Now he said, now it's time for me to go, and I have I got to go pray to my father. I have other things to do. And, of course, he knew ahead of time that he, God had to show his disciples something as well. So he said, send the multitudes away. It's time for me to go over the mountain to pray. So it's very important. Of course, the topic is not about prayer today because that's in a whole sermon in itself what's important to pray, why it is important, and what we should respect when we pray. But it's very important to pray. You know, you know, you got to have a relationship with God because if you don't pray and read your Bible, you know, you're not going to have a good communication of what to do in your life. So Jesus, even he was God and he was half man and he was half God, he still needed his father's direction. He still needed his father's companionship. You know, it's kind of like a wedding cup, you know, people who are married, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, y'all, y'all need communication. If you don't have no communication, you won't last. So it's the same thing with God, you know, and Jesus. They had to have the communication. They had to fellowship, and he had to know what was the next step to do. You know, Jesus didn't just go out and do whatever he wanted. He talked to the Father first, and then him and the Father had that communication. So this is the part where he needed direction from God. And then we're reading the part, well, I think it's pretty amazing that most people don't catch, and I never caught it until now. When Jesus told them, he said, go into the boat and go on to the other side. You see, Jesus actually gave them a promise. You see, before the storm hit, 
Jesus gave him a promise. It's the same thing kind of with us. And I'm going to explain what that promise is a little bit after a while. But you see, kind of like us, you know, a lot of times we're about to face a storm. But before we get into the storm, there's promises to get us through the storm. And a lot of people don't catch that. And Jesus, I don't know if he knew at that point, God revealed it to him at that point, or we, we're not quite sure. But maybe God put in his spirit to, to tell his disciples that because he, maybe he knew the disciples needed it because they were about to face a storm. And same thing with us. We need promises to help us when we're going through the storms. And, 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 and so, and one of the things he promised them, and the disciples, I don't know why the disciples didn't get this, but he told them, he said, you're going to make it to the other side. So no matter if there was a storm, no matter what happened with them, Christ was going to be sure he'd keep his word that they were going to make it on the other side. No matter if there was a storm, no matter if there was an earthquake or whatever, whatever Satan was trying to do to destroy them, he was making them sure that, hey, you will make it to the other side. So I don't, and then what happened was they didn't keep that promise or they didn't remember that promise because right when the storm came, they panicked. But if they only knew, if they remembered what Jesus told them earlier, they would have never panicked in the storm because they realized, you know, Jesus gave us his word. Jesus is his bond. You know, Jesus told us, you know, we would not die. So if they'd only clicked in their mind, you know, they would have not been frightful. They would wait out the storm. They were like, oh, this storm won't do nothing. I mean, this storm, I mean, Jesus promises we'll make it to the other side. So it's the same thing kind of with us. Sometimes we kind of forget, you know, God's like, hey, you're going to make it to the other side. You know, I give you my word. We will make it. And then we still panic because we easily we forget. I mean, no matter who you are, what age group you are, what, what, what you know, what is your, 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 your clan or whatever you come from. You know, we, also, we, we kind of quickly forget the promises of God or what God promises sometimes. And because you got to think about it, Jesus had a plan for these men and he was determined they were not going to die. Like John, John was on there, the one who left, the one who laid on Jesus's chest. God had a plan for him that he would write the book of Revelations. He wrote, well, John, Revelations, Gospel of John. He wrote a lot of books in New Testament. And Peter, I mean, he, he wrote first and second Peter. And he also influenced Mark. So God had a plan for these men. So God, Jesus made sure that they were not going to die. And so if they only remember that, that would have saved them a lot of problems if they just remember what Jesus told them before they got in the boat. And another thing we got to remember in this story, because you're in the boat or because you're in God's will don't mean storms won't happen. See, a lot of people think, you know, because where I got born again, I got saved, you know, it's easy sailing after this, you know, it, it's a, it's a, a uh, I, I'm not trying to make fun about it. So, but you listen to some Christians, you're like, you're in the Disneyland Christianity, you know, where it's Disneyland park fun, you know, you see Mickey, Jesus Mickey, instead of, you know, Mickey Mouse, you know, I hate to, you know, like, uh, and I'm like, they're not telling you, you know, when I witness the people, I mean, I don't give them that Christianity. I tell them, yeah, things are better, but I tell them, you know, when you do get saved, you know, it's not going to be easy, but we have Christians today that right when people get saved, they don't tell them that. It's like they make it as if like you're going to a Christianity Disneyland park, you know, and it's not like that. Trust me, when you, when you, when, you know, when you're in the will of God, storms will come. And a lot of people think, you know, and we should know about this because we have the mess, we have the one of the messed up roads is Louisiana. You know, you know, think about our roads. You know, Christianity is like that. You know, you're saved. You, 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 you know, you got the promises of God. Thing, you got a lot of things going for you. But up ahead, that road is going to be bumpy. It's not going to be an easy ride. 
Yeah, and we should know we got the worst roads in America. So you should know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about bumpy roads. So that's how Christianity is, and that's how it happened with the disciples. They were in the will of God, and a lot of people think that because a storm happens or because you have rough sometimes in Christianity, Satan wants to accuse you as if like you did something wrong. And there's some cases, there is, there's some times where God is sending storms or God is sending things to warn you sometimes that the direction you off the path, the direction, you know, you should get on the path. But sometimes the devil throws at us thinking every time we have a storm or every time we have something bad happens is we did something wrong. And sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes you might be doing something right. You know, because a lot of times Satan won't attack people if you're not doing anything. If you're not threatening his kingdom, he won't attack you. See, the reason why he don't attack those Disneyland Christians, because they're not even worth, he's not worth, he's not, he's not worried about them. It's not even worth messing his time up. You know, he, why waste his time on these guys when they're not serious anyway? But if you're serious and you want to get into this, into this, you know, into this Christianity, it's going to be rough. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I don't watch football a whole lot, but I've seen enough to kind of know this. It's kind of like in football when there's a good player. And I noticed that when there's a good player, they want to take him out, you know, because they figure if they take him out, they have a chance of better winning the game if they take out that runner or that backer or whatever he is out. So that's kind of Satan was kind of doing with the disciples and kind of does with us. He was saying, I believe it was probably the devil sending that storm to try to destroy the disciples because he knew what Christ had planned for them. It's the same thing with us. You know, Satan tries to take you out because you're a threat to his kingdom. You're a threat to his territory. So he tries to take you out where the storms of life, you know. And another thing we have to remember is that even we don't see Jesus, and that's another thing we've got to realize too, even we don't see Jesus or we don't recognize him, he is there. In other words, we don't see him anywhere. Like the disciples at first, Jesus was up in the mountain. He was way up there. And there was, the storm was going on, and, and Jesus was way up there. So they couldn't see Jesus, you know. You got to remember that Jesus was way up there at first. You couldn't see him. So a lot of times when you don't see him, you don't, you know, a lot of times we're like where he's at, you know. And, uh, and a lot of times you do that. Life bombards you with so many troubles and trials sometimes. You're like, where is he? Where, you know, what is he doing in my life? Where is he? And he was up in the hill, but he knew what was going on. He knew that they were in trouble. The Holy Spirit led them to know. Same thing kind of like us. We can't see him or we don't recognize him. He sees us and he recognizes us. If you read the book of, I think of the book of Psalms or Proverbs, when it said the eyes of the Lord go through and fro from the whole earth. That means like he's watching who is wicked and who is who he needs to trust and who's trusting him. And so God is never sleeping. You know, just like Jesus, he was, he didn't sleep on his disciples. He did not, you know, you know, forget about them. You know, he knew they were in trouble. So, and another thing you got to remember, Jesus is always on time. If you read the scriptures, he's on time and he's quick. He don't miss any time around. He's, he goes, he went and meet the disciples. He didn't waste any time. He, he loved them. He looked out for them. He knew his father had a plan and purpose for them. So he per, he pretty much went out there and went. And of course, they didn't recognize Jesus. They're like, oh, it's a spirit or a ghost. You know, because sometimes you get so bombarded with things in life that sometimes you even forget who Jesus is sometimes. You know, you got so much things going on. You know, it's kind of like you ever saw those, um, those uh, space movies where they're going through space and they have a bunch of rocks that's hitting them in space. 
you know, they're rocking, the, you know, the ship is hitting them and they all, you know, sometimes spiritually speaking, that's how we are in life. Sometimes we have a lot of things that bombard us. You know, we have a lot of fears and doubts and despairs and, you know, things in this life that just throw things at you. And so, you know, and, and, and that's the thing that happened to the disciples. They had so much things bombarding them. They had they were, there was so much worry about the storms and the, and the thunder and the lightning that it was distracting them from Christ. It got so bad they didn't even recognize Jesus. And they've been with Jesus for a long time. And they didn't even recognize the Lord. And that's a lesson in that because sometimes you get so caught away with things, you don't recognize your Savior sometimes. So, but Jesus did something to calm them fears like, he's supposed to, like he does with us. He said, peace be still, it's me. You know, mostly a while back when the COVID was going on and stuff, I think that's what people needed to hear more than anything else, you know, was peace, be still, don't be afraid, don't be scared. You know, a lot of people, you know, he's given us that comfort. He's given us that peace that I'm with you. I'm taking care of all your problems. Just don't worry, you know, don't let stress and fear take over you. Be at peace. It's me. I'm here with you. And another thing we got to realize, too, is when Peter... Peter said, Lord, if that be you, let me come to you. You know, that's what kind of faith that God is looking for. You know, a lot of times people think, well, we have to have good works for salvation or we have to earn our way into heaven. But like Peter, he said, Lord, if it be you, let me come to you. And that's what Jesus is looking for. He's looking for people to come to him. Yep, step out the boat to come to him. And that's what kind of faith that God will only accept is when he... Peter's like, oh, I'm going to trust in my, my, my master. I'm going to trust in my savior. And he jumped out. He, well, he got out of the boat. And Peter was doing great. He was doing fine. You know, before we criticize Peter, a lot of people's like, well, Peter sunk, did he? I said, yeah, at least he got out the boat. <laughs> at least he walked. The other disciples didn't even get out the boat. You think about it. And I heard one preacher say this the other day, and he's right. He said, it's better to be a wet Peter than a dry Thomas. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thomas was dry. He was in the boat with the other guys. At least Peter got wet. And at least he walked out in the water. So you got to give him some credit that he walked out. So, but the problem is with Peter, he was doing well. Kind of like, like a lot of us, you know, we do all right. You know, he kept his eyes on Jesus. You know, he, he kept the eye on Christ. And, and it, I think it says in the book of Hebrews that it said, we look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I like how he said it. It said, we look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So as long as Peter was looking on Jesus, as long as he was, you know, remembering the promises of God that Jesus told them, he was fine. He was walking. He had, he was concentrating on Christ. You know, he was not letting, at first, he was not letting things bother him. He was not letting things distract him. But suddenly, I don't know how it happened. The scriptures don't say, but maybe a thunder light volt took his attention or something. Some got the storm. The storm got his attention. And then, when he got his eyes off of Jesus, that's when he started to sink. And then he said, Lord, help me. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, you're going to sink. You know, you're going you're gonna to mess up sometimes. I'm not encouraging sin because, like Brother Swaggart said, and he's right, he says sin shouldn't have dominion over you. But at the same time, you will stumble. You will get angry. You will get frustrated with people. So you will fail, you know, but you can get back up again. And that's what happened to Peter. He got his eyes off of Jesus, and he starts sinking. And then he cried out. You know, I heard a minister say the other day, and he's right. He said the short, one of the shortest prayers in the Bible is what Peter said, Lord, save me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we think, and it's not, and it depends. Sometimes we think, oh, we have to have this long, huge, big prayer, 
you know, religious long big prayer. And sometimes, you know, the small prayers work as, the big, as much as the big ones. And so the thing was, and Jesus grabbed. And, you know, Jesus didn't, Jesus, Jesus didn't criticize Peter. He didn't like say, oh, Peter, really, again? You know how many times you're a big mouth, you know, you always get yourself in trouble. You think you're, you think you're the bad boy of the group. You're always coming up on top. You're always messing up, Peter. Man, again, Peter? He didn't slap his, you know, say, I'm going to let you drown, Peter. This, this, you, you didn't learn your lesson, you know. <laughs> but he didn't. You know, he picked up his hand and he, he said, why you doubt? Now, he did rebuke him a little bit. He says, why do you doubt? Pretty much what he was telling Peter was, you know, Peter, I control everything. You know, all this, I made all this. You know, I made nature. I made all this. You know, you shouldn't doubt. I have control over them. So why did you doubt? You know, if you distrust me, you know, these things wouldn't happen if you distrust me. So it's kind of like the same thing God does with us sometimes. You know, God is control over nature. God is control over our lives and things that happen. So we should, like, realize he's in control and he'll take care of everything. And another thing, too, that we talk about the promises of God. One of the things you can learn in this story are two promises. One, that he'll never leave you or forsake you. You know, a lot of people think, you know, Jesus is so far away and, and he's, you know, he's distant from me. And really he's not. He's right there the whole time. And you got to trust in him that he's going to make things happen. And, you know, and he promised his word, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He said, if you come unto me, all you hear labor and heavy laden, I shall give them rest. And, you know, so the Bible says, come, come to me and I will help you with your stress and your troubles. And, you know, more and more than ever, we need this because the way the world's going right now, you know, with the economy and things we are, you know, things are getting real stressful. And I can sense it around me that things are getting stressful for people. You know, I heard things the other day and I don't want to get into that, but... But things are going to get stressful. And so we need things like this to encourage us, you know. And another promise thing, too, I was hearing a, a guy saying one time, a minister, he said one of the things that kept him going was when he looked to Jesus and he remembered the promises of Christ. You know, there's actually two promises in the word. There's one in this life, like Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I will take care of you, all your needs. Like Jesus made sure I will look after you in this life. And then the second one is that we're looking for a future kingdom. We're looking for a future paradise that Christ will do. And that's one of the things that keeps me and a lot of Christians courage. When you remember the promises of God, you're looking towards the future as well. Just like, G like Peter, when you walk and you concentrate on Christ, you know, you're remembering him and you're remembering his promises. And I think that's why a lot of people sink because they get their eyes off of Christ. They get it off of his promises and they're focusing on material things that won't last. You know, just like in the book of Revelations when he told the church, and that will be a whole sermon, I have plans to preach maybe one day. When he told the churches in Asia, he told the, the church of Philippia, he told the church of all these churches, say, if you keep serving me and you overcome, I will give you a crown of life, or I will give you a crown of righteousness, or you will rule over the nations, you know, all these promises. So when you're going through things in life, keep your eyes on Jesus and remember the promises that comes with it. And you won't sink. But if you keep your eyes off of Christ, that's when you will sink. So, and so, you know, a lot of things, you know, a lot of, this is very interesting because, you know, when you think of things like that, you see why so many people fall, you know, because they're not keeping their eyes on the compass. They're not keeping their eyes on the goal, you know, and you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. So you can learn a lot from little sermons like that. 
you know, and, and like I said, you have so many things that bombard you, you know, you got so much, you know, fear and discouragement, you know, more than ever, as I see time goes on, I'm seeing it's getting worse, you know, and I see, you know, things are getting more headache for people, but, you know, it's, it's going to get bad, but it's going to get better in the end, you know, we just got to be like, you know, keep our eyes on Jesus and remember the promises through the storms, so... <laughs>